Good evening. Indeed, you're listening to Jazzy Forum here on CKT 90.3 FM. My name is Lawrence, and I'll be your host for the next couple of hours. A very special edition of Jazzy Forum this evening because we have a guest in our studio, Jason Blackwood Selman. Good evening, Jason. Good evening. Um, I'm sure many of you listening already know Jason, but for those who don't, Jason uh, was one of the original members of the Community uh, Vibe Collective that's uh, been playing weekly shows in Montreal for how many years now, Jason? Um, huh, many it's going to be 11 next month. 11 years, over a yeah. decade worth of weekly shows, roughly, plus other special events yeah. that uh, have been going on. And uh, Jason is a, a poet, writer, trumpet player, performer... Uh, well-known around the Montreal jazz uh, scene. So we're very happy to have him uh, with us tonight. Um, Jason's involved in in, uh, many projects. Uh, One of the more recent projects you've been involved with uh, is the Howell Live Collective, uh, CKT broadcast um, live on air. And uh, those of you listening got to hear Jason perform some of his uh, trumpet and poetry and mixtures of uh, trumpet and poetry. And uh, this evening, uh, we're going to talk a bit about Jason's um, background and influences and um, projects. To begin with, let's let's focus on how live, and we'll get into some of your other things later, since that's a, a recent project. Um, how did you get involved with how live? I've known Stefan for uh, a bit of time, and uh, I've been a part of many different projects. Uh, he's asked me to be a part of once in a while and it's always a pleasure to work with Stefan whether it's uh, Artists Against Apartheid or Howl and uh, you know I had the pleasure of, of being asked to be a part of it and uh, I really really enjoyed it it was a, a really special show um, not because not alone because it was a live broadcast but also to see the variety of performers um, two harpists um, you know other kind of sound uh concrete sound creations that were there uh there's always a variety uh of sonorities um when we're dealing with whatever stefan does and it's it's very refreshing to have that time as a poet and as a musician to uh reach an audience that i know i might not otherwise reach Hmm. Uh, I think that's probably true for a lot of the performers that are there. I mean, it's not um, usual that you'll see, as you said, two harpists performing with with a jazz poet trumpet player in the same evening, along with uh, Stefan, who played piano that evening, yes. and, and other um, artists. I think Braja Waldman was there on saxophone yes. playing with Stefan, and it was a really varied, uh, fantastic uh, evening as someone uh, who wasn't performing but was a member of the audience. I can certainly attest to that. Um, Stefan, and in general, the Howell Collective that Stefan is a part of uh, has made connections between you know social justice or social movements and um, uh, music or arts in general. Um, is that something uh, that that's, uh, has been important to your work? I think it's important to my life, so therefore it's important to my work. I think when you have concerns about the state of Montreal or Quebec, Canada, the world, uh, you have a responsibility to voice those things. And I think for me, the challenge is finding a way to voice those things in a way that's true to who I am, uh, with my own voice, uh, as uh, um, quiet or diminutive as I may seem. Uh, I think there are 
are things that I, I know that I have to say. And it's all about finding my own way of saying these things uh, through my work, uh, whether it's on trumpet or in my words with poetry. Um, so it's it's important, but I think it's, it's also equally important that I find a way to um, deal with these issues, social issues, with my own pen and with my own signature style. When, when you're... Um, writing or reading or performing your poetry, I guess the connections to social justice or whatever topics you're discussing uh, become clear. But I think the entire rest of that evening was instrumental music. Mm -hmm. And is it is it possible or how is it, if so, how is it done to make the connection between instrumental music and, you know, a social justice theme or topic? Well, you know, Sometimes it's a matter of titles. Sometimes it's a matter of emotions. If you look at the music of, uh, you know, Max Roach, We Insist, things like that, or, you know, someone like Christian Scott, uh, the titles he picks, the the backdrops he creates with his music, uh, sometimes you can get a lot across with emotions. Uh, or, you know, somebody like a Mingus, uh, you know, Fables of Fabus. Um, the emotions of that, of what that had words though. <laughs> I mean, when you have words, it, it helps when you have easy, words, and you do both. So one could immediately make a connection between the content of the poetry and the emotional mm. content of the trumpet playing, which follows or precedes it, and you know, cements the connection. But when it's just music, how? I think sometimes it's it's what you say between songs. Uh, I think the power of Mingus is that. There is a force to his music, whether it's instrumental or not. I know I remember playing uh, Mingus's music in big band and you feel it. There's an emotional power of what he's trying to say, whether the words are spoken or unspoken. It's always there. Uh, and I, I think that's something that uh, it, it takes time to be able to understand and to listen to jazz and to hear those things and feel those things. But when you do, I think that is part of what the power of jazz is, is there's always this commentary in terms of where they were, what was happening at the time, whether it's the 50s or 60s or 70s or now. Um, you cannot separate um, what is going on in the world from the music that is being made. Right. And I, I guess, um, you know, the styles have evolved over the years and you could make a connection between the evolving styles of jazz yes. and the evolving problems that the musicians who are making the music and those around them have faced Certainly. during those times. I mean, free jazz came in the 60s, perhaps for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, okay, get, getting back to um, How Alive. Uh, we're really fortunate in that Jason has brought his um, trumpet down with him. Are, are you ready to perform? Yes. You're yes. Ready? Okay. Um, we're going to start off with um, the piece that you performed and is on the LP for How Alive. Is there a title? It's uh, it's called Sedwick Ave, which uh, is named after the um, an avenue in the Bronx where hip-hop was originated it's it's known as the birthplace of hip-hop um a, a community center where cool herc had uh, one of his first parties uh so it's named after that so it's dealing with hip-hop also dealing with um my favorite poet bob kaufman and his relation to 
being a prime inspiration of my own and the connection between hip-hop and Bob Kaufman and the beginnings of jazz and my beginnings as a poet. Okay, so uh, with that introduction, uh, here's Jason Blackbird Selman, Montreal poet and trumpet player, performing his piece from Howl Live. Lend me a psychedelic dream. Lend me pieces of daylight. Lend me a destruction sweeter than anything I can remember. Lend me open sounds, a courtyard, Sedwick Ave. Bury this knowledge in sound, a beat that repeats a rhythm that has a mind of its own. Let the mind grow. Spread to all five burrows like a virus, black fire, a wild stone, rhythm for talk. Speak softly take over the world it was so easy to know you once i began listening to myself the verse became free psychedelic colors and psychedelic graves daisies growing wild from the barrel of a gun shoot stars love is an idle threat shouted to the world who is not like you when delivering themselves to themselves, a glass filled with tears, this venom filled with love, I love her so much because she lets me know that I am fading. What is there to own but hearts? Hearts do all the work. Chain us to betrayal and on the shadow set us free, growling midnight wanting more. Rescue oblivion from me, given the gift of time, light years with this glance. Ghetto codes and gray days, the search for search, the sound of sound. Find yourself in flames, evenings on pause, part of something, apart and in parts. Open the first door, let yourself in. That was Jason Blackbird Selman performing his piece from the Howl Live album entitled Cedric Avenue. And I think it's fair to say that that's um, typical of your performing style where you'll mix trumpet playing with poetry. Yes, most, it is. Most of it your is. work um, is in that vein. And uh, very, very powerful to have have both. Thank you. I must say. Um, aside from performing live, you also have written a book and are working on a, is it, would it be your second? Coming um, it would be my second published book. Uh, I've written two self-published chapbooks beforehand and this would be my second book so official book I guess you could say so it's been a, a long process and I'm somewhere in the middle of it um, it's kind of a stop and start thing but uh, right now I, I'm, I'm in a space where it's taking priority again 
Uh, what was the title of the uh, first book? The first that book was that? entitled The Freedom I Stole. And what was what were what were some of the themes discussed? It was a collection of poems. It was a collection of poems, and uh, the first half of the book were jazz poems, so poems that were inspired by jazz music that I wrote to jazz uh, music. I basically made a list of my favorite jazz songs, compositions, or artists who I felt were you know important to the the canon of jazz, um, especially you know the artists from the fifties and sixties. Who I thought were important to me, and I wanted to to work with their who, work. Who are some of those? Uh, Offhand, Mingus, Sonny Rollins, Clifford Brown, uh, um, Freddie Hubbard, Coltrane, Jackie McLean. Um, trying to think who else. I came up with a list of about forty. Some pieces didn't make it. But uh, Art Blakey, uh, Wes Montgomery, the usual suspects, you know, uh, who, who pieces who I, who I liked a lot. You know, I was talking to you earlier about Sonny Rollins and uh, You Don't Know What Love Is or, you know, Miles Davis, Porgy and Bess. Um, songs that mean a lot to me. Parisian Thoroughfare, Clifford Brown. Um, what was another one? Uh, Kenny Dorm, Aphrodisia. Um, so it, it was based around albums that I, you know, were important to me, artists that were important to me, songs that were important to me. And once you selected a song, um, how did that influence or how did that, uh, what process did you use to turn that into a poem? I would just sit down, put the song on and try to write. And in the beginning it was very difficult. It was a new thing for me. I mean, I've always written to music. Um, but it was my first time writing to jazz music, and uh, it, it, I didn't think it was gonna work. It, it, it didn't. Not that it didn't feel natural, but it, it, it. I didn't think what I came up with was of value, and it took a lot of practicing and trying it again and again, and taking time away from it and looking at it again to say, oh no, this is working, and not, not giving up. And sometimes you find the right song. Sometimes you don't find the right song. Even though you know it's a great song, it's not something that is right for you. Um, for instance, um, Africa, from the Africa Brass by Coltrane was one of them that I used. And originally I wanted to use Bye Bye Blackbird and I tried uh, a version, I think from Sweden, a live, a live recording of Coltrane. And it, it, it didn't work. Uh, and then even when I went and tried working with the, um, the Africa Brass recording, um, the, the track Africa, it, it, it did work, but I didn't realize that it was working. I had to kind of, kind of write much more material than I thought was necessary and then kind of whittle it down and uh, leave it alone. And, and it's only after kind of trying again and again and taking a break and coming back to it, that I realized, no, I had something. And that was, I think one of the last ones to go in. So it was a trial and error, uh, process, but, uh, I feel like it was very fruitful, and I think it taught me patience and taught me to listen in a different way, to be able to be inspired and to ride the rhythm, uh, but also be able to isolate your thoughts to a certain extent and say, okay, there's a subject matter that's here in this piece, um, but I'm also thinking about something that is metaphorical 
and trying to deal with that at the same time. Did the um, poems you write um, have a connection to the titles of the piece? Or was it just inspired by the feeling of the music? Did you try to, you know, match the poem to the title? I uh, I did a bit of both. Um, it, it really depended. Uh, the Africa piece ended up really being about motherhood and uh, and worth and uh, and and beauty, uh, specifically of black women and. Uh, Porky and Bess ended also being about love. Um, I did Bird Calls from Migas Aam, and that uh, kind of ended up being somewhat of a protest poem. So it, it really depended. Sometimes, like with uh, Porky and Bess, I also, in, if it was a song that I knew there were lyrics, I would look at the lyrics and try to maybe sample some of the lyrics, base myself, uh, base what I was writing on the content of those lyrics. Uh, something like um, Solitude, which I also did. I did Billy, the Billy Holiday version of Solitude, and uh, sometimes I would take bits of the of the of the lyric and use that as well to be inspiration. So it it really depends. Sometimes it was just about the emotions of the music. Other times it was the lyrics. Other times uh, it was the title. I I heard you say that you sometimes, if there were lyrics, sampled a bit. And I know that you've also been inspired by hip-hop music, mm-hmm. as we saw in the piece you did called Sedrich Avenue, mm-hmm. referring to the origins mm-hmm. of the music. And, you know, one of the techniques for creating backing tracks uh, in hip-hop is to sample mm-hmm. older music. Mm-hmm. And here it's, I see a parallel between mm-hmm. sampling music in hip-hop and here sampling bits of the lyrics. Well, I, I think that... Uh, a lot of what my, what my process is based on hip hop, it is based on recycling, based on remixing. Um, because you, you asked me before, you know, do I perform to those pieces? Uh, and uh, I did it once or twice. Um, are you playing them on trumpet or to the, the actual backing track of the original? The backing track, I think I've done once or twice. Uh, I know for... for um, I also produced uh, a series called Intimate Sky, which is kind of, it, 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 I haven't done it for a while, but it's kind of at this point, I do it when I feel the time is right. But And, and I've done maybe 20 something uh, of those shows. In one of the earlier ones, um, and it's based on community, artists of community doing smaller group settings. So duos, trios, quartets. Um, things like that and uh, in one of the first shows I did a, a duo with pianist uh, Andy Vial and what we did was um, I played uh, he we played the, the tracks uh, live piano and trumpet and then I would perform the piece so something like uh, slide. The, the piano would stop as well um, were the piano just reciting? Went, all, went all the way through he played piano all the way through I would play the head we'd play the song basically and instead of me doing a solo, I would do the p- poem and then maybe solo afterwards. So we did uh, Sly, Herbie Hancock from, um, from, it's escaping me now, from, it's really, um, Headhunters. I, I'm obviously. the jazz host and I should know that, but yeah, I don't. So we, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we did Sly from Headhunters uh, and we did, what else did we do? We did a Donald Bird track as well. That escapes me which one we did, but we played the track. I played the head, 
and oh, it was it was uh, from Ethiopian Nights as well. Those are the two that that I did. Um, and then I did the piece. So that worked because I felt comfortable. Some, there's something about writing to a piece and then performing it. It's so much more familiar when you play with the actual music afterwards. Okay, so that was your first book. Mm-hmm. And you're now working on a second. Yes. Um, in process. Mm-hmm. And what what are some of the themes you're exploring there? Or can you tell us anything about the work in progress? It is a work in progress, but uh, I feel very strongly that it, it will be about ancestors and uh, who my ancestors are, what my lineage is as a poet uh, in terms of uh, artists who I think are really important. Uh, within the African-American context, within the African-Canadian context, in broader context, my peers, uh, at the beginning, earlier on, I was really wanted to focus on Bob Kaufman, who's my favorite poet, um, um, one of the original beatniks. And uh, from there it grew when I realized I wanted to expand um, and do po- poems based on other artists as well, other poets who I thought were important. So, um, I mean, Baraka, Gil Scott Heron, The Last Poets, um, Guylan Kane, Fulvio Luciano, those kind of people, and, and, and look at their work more deeply and, and really get a good sense of who they are and, and let that inspire me. Uh, and now uh, I think I'm also playing with the idea of going back to what I was doing before I did the jazz poems. And by that I mean um, looking at popular music uh, and writing to popular music uh, and just trying to really isolate what songs inspire me um, outside of the jazz canon and using those songs. Um, Would those be more recent songs or things from the past? Um, relatively recent modern songs, but it, I mean, it depends. I'm really, I guess I'm trying to build this new playlist, but that is outside of genre. So it could be something like uh, a hip hop song by Farrah Monk or BB uh, King, uh, Live at Cook County Jail. I'm really just trying songs out right now, and whatever works, works. It could be Jose James. Um, some of them work, some of them don't work. Um, I'm really just trying to amass a lot of material and see what happens. Reggae songs, Junior Reed, uh, you know, whatever whatever I really like. So I think for me now it's about looking for the perfect beat, for the perfect song emotionally to see what works um, outside of the jazz canon. We, we were discussing uh, just before we came on air about precedence to what you what you do, which mm-hmm. is perform both playing trumpet mm-hmm. and um, reciting poetry mm-hmm. uh, in between, you know, the uh, trumpet uh, interludes. And I was saying I wasn't aware of many people. And you mm-hmm. said, well, you know, I'm not the first. There's mm-hmm. a few. Can, There's you, a few. can you mention some of the uh, antecedents for what you're doing? Um, Shay Keen, um, I believe a Vincentian uh, poet who, and trumpet player. And a few hornists uh, who also lived in England for a long time, and Ted Jones, of course, is another example. So I I know I'm I'm not the first, second, or third, or fourth. Uh, I don't think it's 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 that rare, but I think it is special, and I understand that uh, using the interludes for my performance, I think it sets a mood uh, within the room, 
but it also allows me to, to process and prepare myself and uh, I guess have my own meditation on stage before I go into the poem. I mean, it's not, I guess, that unusual to have poetry recited over jazz, mm-hmm. uh, jazz music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Amiri Baraka before mm-hmm. he, he's, he's been doing, or he was doing it up until his mm-hmm. uh, demise about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my last show, in fact, on Jazzy Forum was largely dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. But, um, you, you know, it's been rare that someone, you know, has had the dual talent, mm-hmm. really, of being able to come up with, you know, the poetry and play the music as well. That's, that's to me, is the more rare thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's poetry and music mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. but it's rare that the same mm-hmm. poet is also doing music, mm-hmm. especially as a solo performing performance with no band, mm-hmm. which is um, at least the context I've seen you in. Mm-hmm. Have you have you performed, you mentioned a show with a pianist before, have you performed poetry with a band much? Um, when I was younger, um, I was in a poetry band, and that's the, that was my beginning in performance. So basically, uh, it was called Rhythm Missionaries, we were all in Sejep High School, uh, University at the, at the time, uh, and um, basically it's four poets my best friends in the world and uh, different configurations, uh, drums and bass or drum and violin. And uh, there were no singers, it was just poets, uh, guitar as well sometimes. So that's how I started. I started. My beginnings in performance in clubs, it was being part of a poetry band. So for me, it was normal. And I, and I think years later coming to community, uh, it made sense. I feel like I... Uh, I was in familiar territory, having to, you know, improvise on music and recite my poems. I felt like it was something that I was already doing for a while. Um, so it, 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 it made sense to me to be there. You mentioned um, community again, and um, you've taken a step back from performing with them a bit, only performing occasionally mm-hmm. with them. But at the beginning, you were performing very regularly mm-hmm. as one of the uh, original members. And um, one one of the um, speaking about, um, you know, uh, I guess, um, social movements. I mean, there's um, a movement towards making the plateau quieter, mm-hmm. and that's touched a bit on community mm-hmm. performances at some of the clubs on the plateau where um, uh, there's been noise complaints and there's sort of a push and pull between those who mm-hmm. want the music in the clubs and those who mm-hmm. want their evenings in their homes next to these clubs quiet. Yeah. That's been a problem lately. Well, for me, I feel like we have to be able to make a choice uh, and honor what we say our principles are in terms of what we value as, as a society. And uh, if we truly value the arts, we have to have space for the arts. And, uh, you know, as much as Montreal is known to be an artsy city, uh, it, you know, worldwide, it's, it, that's, you know, part of who we are. We have to respect that. We have to cultivate that. And part of that is having venues um, that are not, you know, all in the same place, you know, uh, venues that can cater to artists, that artists, you know, can live off of uh, and live in and be comfortable and and know that, you know, what they do was respected. Because, you know, if you talk to older generations of of musicians, they can tell you how things have changed over time in Montreal. And, you know, Montreal has a great history as a jazz city. 
um, and as a musical city, you know. Well, so the older clubs were downtown, weren't they? Yeah. You know, Rising Sun and yeah. Rainbow and so on. Most of them were more in the downtown area, yeah. Stanley Street, St. Catherine yeah. Street, and it's kind of moved out to the plateau now. Yeah. But the thing is, they have they have to be somewhere. And, you know, if, if we're going to be able to produce all these artists who are so well-renowned, who ironically are, are making, you know, cutting their teeth uh, in the plateau, you know, bands like, you know, Arcade Fire, uh, we have to, you know, give them that space, you know? I mean, artists will find a way, you know? If if people are pushed out of the plateau, they will go somewhere else, you know? And uh, and find a way to, to do what they need to do because it's not... To, to be an artist, is, is, in my opinion, it's not really a choice. It's You're born to do this. And, and you can fight it, but it's something that it, it's a calling. So people will find a way and people will work our way around, around it. And maybe the plateau is not the place for these things because of you know gentrification and everything. But uh, things will be transplanted and it'll go somewhere else. Uh, you know, for me, what's important is that artists have a space. And wherever that space is, wherever, is wherever that space is. And, and the struggles with clubs being... Um Shut down is nothing, nothing new either. Nothing new. I, I grew up in a completely different scene in the punk scene in the late seventies, nineteen eighties in Montreal, and we were constantly being raided by the cops. Yeah, and, you know, shut down, and yeah. if one place couldn't play anymore. You you would just go to another. Just and, go to another. You know, as as fast as one place closes, another pops up. Yeah, I was always shocked at to hear like almost every week, oh, there's a new place we can play. Yeah, and, and there you know, and there will be. Um, so let's, let's get back to your book and uh, perhaps it's time to perform okay. another piece. Okay. Is this something from uh, the upcoming book that you're working on or what, what are we oh, going to hear I, next? That's what I was thinking. Uh, I wanted to read something that was new. So that's what I will do. Um, do you have a title for this one? Um, I'm still working on it. I'm not, I'm not sure. I have a working title, but I think it might change. So I'd rather not say because it, it might change. Okay. Um, so. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Somewhere between Sonny Rollins and Muhammad Ali. Somewhere between the Congo and the Williamsburg Bridge. Nowhere near thieves or pirates, nowhere near a minstrel, white or black, crowning a modern age with postmodern opportunism. Somewhere at home with a task at hand. 24 hours, 12 rounds. Somehow all the wounds turn reparations. Salt water tears turn silver and gold. The kind of gold that can only be spent by the soul. Battles for those that endure never having been swift until now. Decades like minutes, love like a war with everything that is not love. One moment of concentration, enough concentration to make centuries melt. A heavyweight champion light as love, in the circle, in the square, staring at stone. Your heart, the only adversary you ever known. Promised lands and promised bands, everything to change and all that you are to rejoice in it wow I, <clears throat> um, beautiful t to make the um, connection also between uh, other um, uh, 
going to say luminaries of um, the black social protest movement, like mm. Muhammad Ali, and mm. tie that in with jazz, which is known for that. Well, I, well. I think for me, um, part of what that piece came from is, you know, looking back uh, on the passing of Mandela and not knowing that he was also interested in boxing and thinking about what that means to be a boxer and to be a tactician as a politician or as a jazz musician. You know, I remember hearing about uh, Max Roach saying that, you know, jazz is like chess. And uh, and and it is. And I've only uh, taken in, taken chess on in the last year or two. I've, you know, it, the, the irony is my closest poet brothers all play chess. And I never, I tried when I was young and it didn't make sense to me. And now and I, Anthony Braxton was a master chess mm-hmm, player as well. Sure. Almost did that as a career. Yeah, He used to make his money in New York City as a, you know, outdoor chess whiz, um, betting with other people mm-hmm. in Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. So looking, looking at uh, boxing as a game of chess, politics as a game of chess, and looking at jazz as, as a boxing match and, and and why is somebody like Miles so interested in, in boxing and the correlations between those two things, you know? Um, what does it mean to be a, a tactician in terms of soloing? You know, I remember seeing Sonny Rollins at Place Zog years ago, you know, and just watching him be such an excellent improviser, to be a bottomless well of improvisation. And time to not be a factor, to be somebody who could go on and on and not and on and not repeat themselves, uh, I think is very interesting. So for me, I think I'm I'm really thinking about and playing with the connections, the dualities between the world of boxing and the world of jazz and and uh, and social activism, I guess, in politics, as you as you might say. Certainly another thing that comes to mind that ties boxing, uh, jazz, and uh, chess together would be the um, amount of, you know, practice you need to become a master Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. any of those things. Um, So you're listening to Jazz Euphorium here on CKT 90.3 FM. Um, My guest in the studio has been uh, Jason Blackbird Selman performing a, who just performed a piece from his most recent book and earlier in the show performed a piece from uh, How Alive. Um, maybe we can just wrap up with a question about your future projects. You, you've discussed the book mm-hmm. that you have coming mm-hmm. out or that you're working on mm-hmm. now, the work in progress. Mm-hmm. And um, anything else that uh, listeners might want to know about that um, you have in the works? One thing that kind of is taking up a lot of time right now is I'm doing poetry workshops in schools, so high schools, elementary schools, um, uh, freelance work. So that's uh, cool. it's helped a lot for me. I've I've, weren't, I've done poetry workshops for a long time with with youth, uh, more specifically a black theater workshop, and now I've tried to expand it into the school setting, uh, and it's been going rather well. Um, and it, is this under then the uh, the guise of Black Theater Workshop? Or are you doing it sort of uh, freelancing on your own? I'm uh, freelancing or, on my own. So the Black Theater Workshop is a separate activity. It's a separate that, activity that you're yeah. still involved in. That I'm still involved with. Yes. What What do you do there? Um, just basically animating poetry workshops for people who are interested in acting. So uh, at the outset, it was part of the youth theater program, um, which is now you know 
um, morphed into artist mentorship for young adults and adult actors. Um, so over the years, I did a lot of workshops with um, teenagers who are interested in, in theater and, and the arts. Uh, and now I'm doing the same thing uh, in high schools and elementary schools. So for me, it's very important because it it, uh, it forces me to look at my own process, which has been um, before, you know, my f going into the, the jazz element uh, and using jazz as my uh, as my route for writing, very stream of consciousness. Um, so I have to look at how do I generate poems? Where does that come from? And how can I explain that process, my process to somebody else? Um, so it's been very helpful for that. And also just being able to look at my work and, and be inspired by the work of young people and what they have to say and the questions that they ask about what I'm doing and what it means. Well, if um, one of our listeners wants to uh, attend or be involved in those workshops, is there a way to sign up or join? Um, well, I'm also, uh, I'm doing workshops. Uh, I'm doing a workshop August, not August, sorry, April 12th um, for QWF. Uh, it's a day-long workshop. Uh, so you can go and QWF the Quebec Writers Federation. Okay. So I'm working with them uh, August 12th. I'm facilitating a day workshop. So people are, are it's open to the public. People can check that out. Is there a way to get get information? A website or a uh, contact address the, or phone the number? The best thing would to do would be to look at uh, QWF's web, website and uh, look under uh, workshops and should be there. Um, so. For me, it's really important that I, that I I do that because it 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 allows me to to look at my work in a different way. Because you know, if I do a poem that is not straightforward, that is very abstract, and uh, I ask the children what is what it's about, and what what I get back is always extremely insightful and interesting. Um, they they're able to pick out a lot of what I have to say, and I think for me it's. It's encouraging always because I think for me as a younger artist, I think I was always on the um, kind of the fence about whether what I was doing as a poet was too abstract and not direct enough. Uh, and I think it's, it's something that I've had to fight through. And I think part of Sedwick Ave, the poem that I wrote, um, when I wrote, I was I was um, at a residency, a poet's residency at Banff, and I think it, that was the turning point for me in terms of accepting um, the surrealism and the abstraction of my writing, uh, in honor of, of Bob Kaufman, obviously. That's very interesting because I also see parallels between that and jazz, yeah. where people will argue that you know free jazz, for example, is too abstract, mm -hmm. and you know we should stick to the chords and the progressions mm -hmm. and so on, and be less abstract. Mm -hmm. And you know musicians, I think, struggle with that as well. So you, yeah. you want people process. to understand, and I think for me also, what I realized um, part of what that poem that, that's on the Howl album is about is f understanding that that type of abstraction exists in hip-hop as well. Uh, the idea of a cipher, of something that needs to be listened to repeatedly so that you can decode it. And I liked that kind of work, the work of uh, artists like De La Soul, who were you know, my favorite hip-hop group and a big inspiration for me, that I, I looked at their writing and I liked it and I wanted to be able to write like that. And that kind of writing 
um, allowed me to appreciate the work of Bob Kaufman because I saw the parallel between their type of hip-hop abstraction, hip-hop surrealism, and what he was doing as a writer, as a beatnik years before. Cool. They also say, uh, going back to your workshops, that the best way to learn something is to teach it. Exactly. So I'm sure, you know, you, um, you're benefiting um, along with the students. I am. Along with all I of am. that. So I'd like to thank you very, very much for coming by the studio. Thank you for having work, me. Your plans, and um, we look forward to more from you. Thank you. That's been uh, Jason Blackburn, Blackbird Selman, the, uh, one of the founding members, or originator, original members of the uh, Community Vibe Collective, poet, trumpet player, book writer, lecture giver, <laughs> and, and so on. Thank you very much for coming down. Thank you.